They were waiting for turnovers. They were waiting for... <laughs> wow. What <laughs> are you <laughs> doing? What have you done? He's got this screen. Oh, oh, God, have Can we get that? That's Rafa Nadal. I'll tell you what. That's Rafa. If anyone doesn't say we put him on this show, all right, that's... There's... He's, he's cramped. Where's the... We have a trainer or... You need a stretch. Hey, right, right, that is. No, I don't. I'm sorry. I don't want to do that, mate. No, no, this is, this is G-rated. What did you say there? <laughs> if anyone says... If anyone says we don't put in... What about that? For the first time ever... We've got a force change. Oh, oh we're <laughs> resting. Are we managed, managing him? Or managed, we nah, managed. managed him. I don't, no, I don't think he's allowed to go to the movies. No, he's he's not be rested, I yeah. reckon. Yeah, yeah, rested. He's yeah. at home in bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should have been a <laughs> Yeah, there we go, up on screen. So we've got Lynch and uh, Longmire. Yeah, Johnny Longmire. Good. Yeah. The horse is in for uh, tonight. He's going to sit in for a segment with us. And, of course, well, I don't know if you... And the horse are going to see, well, that's not a fair trade. Us two for Dixon. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's about two, 240 kegs there. <laughs> hey, put the other foot on. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, uh, anyway, I thought you were president of the I Hate Hawthorne Club, but apparently you're also president of the GWS, <laughs> I Hate GWS wow. Club. Jeez, you've got to be careful making a comment about them, don't you? Gee, haven't you smacked a horn? Davey Matthews comes out, give me a clip and... Sheesh. What about, how, how are you going? You okay? Because oh, you've only had two hours of yeah, enjoyment in your life. Well, I thought Sheeds was employed by Essendon for a start, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, but two, I've had two hours of well, enjoyment. Well, am I going there? I'm a, bit, I'm a bit flat looking back on my career now. <laughs> two had, hours. Had what do you have? Zero, zero hours. hours. What do you have, mate? Oh, I don't know. No, six. Six. <laughs> he had ten. No, just most of my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's still having good hours. <laughs> Not quite. Oh, come on, All right, let's move into the first game, and it's uh, Jono's Dogs are taking on Essendon. Tory Dixon gets a uh, a run back. Now that they're sort of struggling for goal-kicking forwards, he's been named in the team again. Well, he needs to kick a few as well. He's only played six games, kicked six for the mm. year, so it hasn't been uh, a huge output this year for Tory Dixon coming off 50 goals and, and, and high 40s as well the last couple of years. Cloak comes back, Roberts, Webb and English, but they are extended benches playing playing Sunday, yep. of course. Essendon yet to make a change, just included D, uh, Langford and Begley, who could come in for his first game as a forward, but obviously with Fantasia and Tip and Woody and these sort of guys playing so well, it might be tough for Begley to uh, force his way in. It's a huge game, isn't it, with both of them, particularly Doggies. John, are you the I think dogs? it's more for the dogs, Rudy. Yeah, I, I think, think more you're for right. the dogs. Yeah. It's more an elimination final, I think, for the dogs where their percentage is at. Yep. If they lose this one, it's going to be very tough for them, I think, actually. What do you, what do you make, think? Where Essendon have got us, yeah. I, think, I think they've got their last four. They can definitely win three out of the four with a good percentage, get some 12 with a high percentage, maybe gets Essendon in Well, regardless. I think the fact that you're reigning premiers, you know, the expectations are to get in the eight. We're still, I think, uh, bombers are good enough to get in the eight, but the expectation on the dogs are high going into the season. Of course they are. What's the area, the main area that you feel like they've got to get right this week? Oh, their, their forward half of the ground is where they need to get get it right. They still get enough springboard off half back. The midfield is still providing enough, but they're getting no no reward for any of the work that they're that they're doing. Stringer's not playing. Redpath, of course. Dale Morris down back being out now with the with the severe broken arm. That's that's no good also. But I think that's the area is the fact that they just they just don't they don't score. They don't well, score. Pickham, Pickham was the one. Pickham was the one last week, Al, wouldn't he? Well, that's the thing. I think last week they started they were better at contested ball. They're running. 
run-off halfback with Johannesson, gave him a bit of bounce, and Picken being that forward 50 target. Look, he was a forward 50 target on 15 occasions. Mm. That's unheard of yeah. for Marcus Picken. And he got a lot and running back, though, didn't he? Comes yeah, all back about going mobility. up and Their forward back. line... I keep saying your forward line. And I keep line. saying Marcus instead of yeah. Lee. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but it's all about... When they scored their goals, every mark that was taken, they took a lot. I think they averaged 10.5 marks, 10.5 marks inside forward 50. They took eight in the first quarter. It was all about running to the place where the ball dropped. There wasn't any, let's stick it on red pass head. Yeah. You know, there's no cloak there mm. at the moment. There's no big key forwards, you know, Boyd or anything like that, that says, right, that's where we'll gather, that's where we'll crumb. It was all moved to a position to intercept the ball on the lead. And so, hence, Tory Dixon comes in and Pickens very, very good at intercepting the ball, marking, while m being mobile as well. I Remember the old days when we had the footy swap cards and... There was that old one that used to have the utility. Mm. Yeah, the old utility. He's picking the epitome of yeah, the utility. He's been an unbelievable player. Well, when he started, I mean, he, he was put in as a tagger. Yeah. And you just didn't think he had yep. too much else. But he, he managed to evolve from being that tagging player to went to a, a genuine um, midfield ball winner. Yep. And now we've seen what he's uh, done yep. on big stages as well. Well, I mean, John didn't quite give him Norsworth medal in that grand final. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think we all had him there, but anyway. No, right. But he was but no, centre-half forward in the final series he, last he year. He was extremely... Extremely good. His final series last year it's was unbelievable. But that's the thing. When he's playing as that forward 50 target as well, his defensive work is elite anyway. Mm -hmm. So make sure that the ball stays in. I mean, they, they were no better. Been, no one's been able to replicate. You said then like four weeks in a row and then the finals was brilliant from so many as the collective. For yeah, the yeah, they have right. not been able to produce that for a four-week yep. period over the entire season as, as a collective. Some individuals have fluctuated. And that's that's the major concern is the collective group can't get yeah. it together. I was sitting next to a doggy's supporter today, and that was a big thing. Like every player's not not every, but most players have dropped five, ten percent. That's that's what's happened to the mm. dogs. Their last month was every player playing at their maximum, and that's probably where they're at, at the moment. Can they get back up to that? Yeah, it was an elite level clearly last year, but that's going to be the question. Well, that's the thing. We, we know that if they get that coordination up and going, they can push for another flag. But just they've had wins in the last couple of weeks against Carlton, who are young and probably starting to get a bit tired. Uh, the Suns that are injured, undermanned. And they've got, as you said, a big finish to the season. I think there's GWS, Hawthorne and Port Adelaide. GWS, Port Adelaide, Hawks, their last three That's games right. with the Lions next week. So these next two are critical. To, this to one, if they, if they don't win against Essendon... It's difficult. It's well, all the over. Bombers yeah. are very good at both ends of the ground. I mean, Hurley's got down, exciting team. down back, oh, they're so held good. down and nailed. And then you've got Danaher and, and Hooker. Hooker and yep. They're scoring up forward and they're marking the ball up forward Even as Stewart, well. Even Stewart's movement has gone to another level, I think. Yeah, we're talking about the balance. Team. The balance yeah. of their team's really good. I mean, yeah. once they got their... I mean, they're, they're uncontested marks as a real barometer, isn't it? If they go over 90, they're generally yeah. pretty good. I think they're minus 52 against the, the Kangas at half time, so they were able to... <laughs> fair discrepancy. Yeah, it's a fair discrepancy. So, yeah. So they were under the pump there and they, they made some changes. But you, you're right, and... The ground level support, you know, McDonald, Tip and Woody, Fantasia, Green when he's in, yep. they're, they're a quick team. What, what do you see? What's their style? I mean, is it more the outside, use the uncontested mark style I of game? The, or what I liked about them, I think they've got a couple of modes, the way they play, but their, their A game seems to be spreading the ball, getting it on by foot, but they don't, they're not a slow play team. What I like yep. to call them, they're almost like a three-quarter team. They don't mm. go... Reckless, they do at times because they've got good speed, but it's only on that sort of slingshot. Yep. But generally, they 
really turn and go with the foot, turn and go with the foot. And when their foot skills are on, they don't give teams a chance to set up their zone defences. And we've seen their balls, their foot skills being unbelievable this are year. Are they ready to take on finals yet? Like, I mean, top four teams. Because I, we see both ends of the ground, they've got yeah. it nailed. In the middle, by league standards, they're competent. They're not good. They're not bad. Yeah. They're competent. They don't win a heap of the footy. Uh, they don't get smashed at... At, at contested possessions. So, are they good enough to match it with, say, a top four team I think in finals? Yeah, I reckon their recent game against Sydney and Sydney where they should have won. I reckon that's probably the, the best barometer. The only question I think that we all maybe have is these guys have come together. You know, what, 10 of them haven't played much, well, at all last year. Yeah. You know, are they going to be fresh if they make the finals? And how's their next four or five weeks? I reckon their best football's a top four team. But can they reproduce it over the next five weeks? Because there's a fair bit of unknowns about those, you know, a lot of those players coming back into the team. Port Adelaide's Chad Wingard Lynchy, he's out with a, an ankle sprain as we have a look at Port and the Saints. Yeah, along with uh, Austin, uh, Houston, Attlee all omitted. In uh, Pittard, Young, Homsch and Amon into the side. And uh, so they're f reasonable wins. Uh, for St Kilda, Weller, Membry and White come back in. Now, the big out, obviously, is uh, Nick Rewalt's um, been managed, obviously, with soreness in that uh, knee. Montagna with his hamstring and Kobe Stevens with a groin injury. So some significant changes for both teams. Yeah, and I think, it, I think resting Nick, for, I don't know, for a week, I think he's got to get a good crack at the back end of the season yep, yep. to see because he does he does look sore thought might be worthwhile boys is just to go through we'll talk about St Kilda's game style in a minute but just to go through the game breakers you know who we think might be the, the absolute game breakers for St Kilda because obviously they've had a tough couple of weeks so if we look at their team there boys so I'm at the moment so we'll go through the first part will be the green who's an who's, elite player who's an elite I That's want to the game breaker. So if the game's not going well, Selwood Dangerfield can break it over. Oh, yeah. What what in that team? Uh, well, Jack Stevens, Jack's, the, the yep. first one. I think we'll we'll all agree on, yep. on Jack Stevens. If going someone can rip a game open, is well, the Jack next Billings. level. The next level, I reckon. What we're going to decide is we'll go yellow potential. So looking on the cusp. Of so you the, don't reckon Billings is there well, yet? I don't know. Is Billings there yet? Not Billings, quite for me. Not, not quite. quite. Not but a, capable. On a consistent basis. Not on a but he's someone that can grab a game. So yep. I, would, I would have him in that category. But it's not. he's not an elite player. But yep. his upside is elite. No, that's right. He has done it on a couple of occasions. Yep. But consistently, like a, a Stephen over a long period of time. So so with Revolt out, so you haven't orange. got... With it, Revolt out, you haven't got another green there. Yeah. No. So, so, no, we don't have well, any. Well, that, and that was, well, Bruce is the same, isn't he? And you know, you know him really well, Dern, but, yep. but I think he's another one that, See, I think he's that is similar to, to that. Can break a game open, but well, doesn't do I, it I enough. I think he's one of the best uh, working forwards you'll meet. But when you talk about somebody who's capable of breaking a game open, that's somebody with movement as well as marking ability. He's got marking ability and competitiveness. He can do it at times. I, I tend to agree with you a little. I'd put him in the... Yep. I, orange. Put him yeah, orange. Orange yeah. is the potential. Carlisle's an intercept marker yep. who is capable of taking, yep. you know, eight, um, eight intercept marks a game. Do you, is he there as well? Nah. In an orange? In an orange. I think in an orange. Is. In an yeah, orange. Yeah, yeah. Not, not yeah that's green. what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, Seb Ross, where do you see him? I mean, he's. Is he's he more an accumulator? Yeah. Or is he's an accumulator? Yeah. Is he, is he, is he, I want to say game. Saver. He's almost a, like a safe bet that you know is going to come out. I don't know. Is he? A, is he an orange? He might even be a different character. A, a character. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd have him in that. On, his, him in on his season yep. so far, I'd have him as a as an orange. Yep. And and that's where 
you look at the rest, I certainly look at them and go, well, there's some guys that have had some good games, yeah. but they've had some average ones as yeah, well yeah, yeah. to match it. So, oh, we're, so we're purely yeah. taking guys that can take a game by the scruff of the neck. So I reckon we all rate Geary and yep. I reckon Robins have it. Their yeah. overload, and I've yep. said this before, they have a wonderfully deep list of ripping soldiers. Yeah, exactly. That are yep. going to have a go for you, but they're not greenies. And I think that's why they rely so heavily on the tackle numbers. If you look at their pressure factor and their tackle numbers, and I think that's why yeah, and their wins and losses, they're so, they're so dramatic. Because when you've got a team, I reckon, that, that, that hasn't got a massive amount of game breakers, you need everyone rowing the boat. You so you need, need the system. You need the system. So and Dave I like, Matthews and I like would say, the system. You, you need, need a system. You need a system. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, well, that's a, and that's the thing. I think they, their system is that high-pressure game. And as we saw a couple of weeks ago against Richmond, they were so impressive. They managed to um, score on turnovers yep. and hold the ball in their forward half. When that gets broken open, though, yeah. they can really hurt. And we've seen their losses this year. They've had, like, Sydney have beaten them twice, 42 and 50. Essendon, 61. Adelaide, 57. There's a 40, there's a 38, there's a 30. Yep. So when they do get beaten, it gets blasted mm. right open. And so, I mean, this is another big game. So Because Port, if you look at their stats, I mean, top eight, one win, six losses, bottom 10, nine and one. I don't think that's as relevant this year because the draw is quite hard across, across the... The competition. I don't think there's that many easy. So that makes games. it hard to get a gauge on them because if you take from 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 one through to twelve, or even now Hawthorne at fourteen are playing well. Yeah, that's it's right. It's hard. It, yeah, to get four wins or more is very difficult this year in a row. Yeah. So yeah. So if you're taking Port, forget that they haven't beaten too many top eight teams. Yeah. West Coast, I think, was the last one when they were in the eight. They're mm. out now. To get a body of work. As they have now, suggest they are good. Where do you, where do you guys see? Where do you see them, Al? Port, I see them as a uh, a classy, high pressing team that haven't beaten anyone much at the moment. I think they've got the game and, and personalities or personnel to win big yep. finals. Yeah, I agree. I yeah. totally agree with what Lynchy just said there. Yep. Yep. Mate, we're going to go to a break. Did you hear that doorbell before? <laughs> it was Dave Matthews. <laughs> <laughs> he was opening the door for sheets. <laughs> Hang on, Dave. We'll be down in a second. Oh. I'm on his side. <laughs> <laughs> So you reckon they're not fitting given the Kangaroos today? Now, Darren Crockett's a very clever footballer. He hands it over here to Magic Door. This is a one-way conversation. I just looked out in the ground and you know that song. Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Because a vision softly creeping. Yep, loud and clear. <laughs> oh, well done to Magic Door, having a laugh at himself there. It makes a lot of people this week talk and think about the best sprays they copped. Oh, the best one I copped wasn't even from one of my Hawthorne coaches. It was when playing for Australia, John Todd. Oh, John Todd, oh, yeah. yeah. He could get out. Brer he used to call me Brero. Brero. You will never play for this country again as long as I'm coach. <laughs> I heard picking you. You're not. And you know what? I never got back on and never did. Oh, that really? Was it. Really? Yeah, that was well, it. What do you yeah. think so you from, a, from yeah. a coaching point of view? What do you think about that vision? I mean, because I know 
personally, I don't what, mind a cook because yeah. it clears the air and I know exactly where I'm going. <laughs> so feel free. What was your what, what, what was, was your the f- worst cook you got before you answered? Oh, I can't remember. I mean, my first year was Matty Rendell was your great cook. T- David Park and Matty <laughs> How Randell. are you still getting the when game? I, when I was stealing that was games, his teammate <laughs> in my first year, Parker used to go off his head and the veins and the slag going out all over the place. But <laughs> I don't know what he said. But how do you see that? I reckon it depends on the player because yeah. you don't see it very much anymore. Mm. So clearly, you know, Scotty, Mad Jack, you must feel like you only do it if you feel like you're going to get a positive response because it doesn't happen a lot anymore. I mean, it used to happen all the time. Parker was my best at Western <laughs> Oval. I think Max Crow was 46. He, I played on Max Crow. He, you know, he'd been retired for eight years. I think they brought him back. He kicked four on me. And <laughs> just, you know, Is that okay. when you were the loose... The loose kick chasing non-contact. Oh, yeah. back. <laughs> and he had the vein going. That's and, a bit spray. Yeah, it's a good cook. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. That, was, that was the best one I got. Yeah, look, I didn't, I didn't mind it either, to be, to be honest with you. I love, uh, love Darren Crocker's uh, yeah, facial Croc expressions when he just oh, hands it up. Yeah. <laughs> good luck with that one. Good luck with that. And then yeah. gives you nothing when he hands it back as well. Didn't even try and say, look, Madge, you're right there, mate. Can we get you... And we haven't lost you for the rest of the game. Yeah. But that is the challenge, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You can't... You you can't lose him then for yep. the entirety of the game because in the back of his mind, he'll be thinking, we're going to walk off this ground now and I'm going to have to walk past the coach. You know, what am I going to do? Am I going to look him in the eye or am I going to put my head down and hope he doesn't talk to me? And so, In the ins on that too, you've got a couple of big ins in Robbie Tarrant and Zeeble uh, for, for North, but Pruce comes in as well. So unchanged Melbourne, but Pruce and Magic Door. So that's, that's an interesting one because you'd... The, the, the school of thought of bidding on Magic is, is he a st- still a developing player? I mean, what at Is what he smart point, enough to play as, a, a, as a, a stay-at-home key forward? I would like to see him get a go in the ruck week in, week out, but I'm, I don't know. I haven't seen is he big play. enough to play in the ruck week in, week out? Well, he's certainly got that vertical leap. I mean, the, the question on him, I think the spray was around getting pushed in the stoppages and getting out-bodied sort of thing. I think that's the way. Which is about footy smarts. Yeah. Now, you chucked me under the bus four or five weeks ago talking about when I was moved yeah. back. No idea, yeah. No, no, no clue. <laughs> Majak Dorr is playing AFL football yeah. because he's an unbelievable athlete. Yeah, athlete yeah. So can he go to centre-half back? Because he's not a monster for a ruckman. Mm, we know he's yeah. athletic. We know he's quick off the mark. We know he's powerful. So le- get led to the ball by the great players... And spoil over think, the Liam Jones think style. Think about all the guys that have come from other codes or whatever. Yep. None of them have been able to make it as a forward predominantly. Yeah. Like Jimmy Steins, Brownlow Middle, Ty Canelli, Zach Tui. Um, Pikey probably did Pikey, the best. Pikey, <laughs> but Pikey started as a ruck yeah. and then pushed forward after that. So it is very difficult to do what North Melbourne are asking I love your thought about playing him as a centre-half back. The only thing I would think of that would hurt him there, why I would phase away from it is that he's not quick hand to foot and at some stage he's going to be trapped inside defensive 25 somebody's going to give the ball to him under yeah, pressure dis- in a lock-in yeah, yeah. and where does what happens then? And that's the reality. You're not going to be out a city match and a half back. They're going to take him back to the square pretty quick, I would have thought as well. Mm. But yeah, just I'd like to see it you know, to finish off the year. Let's have a look at it because think, you know, there's, yeah. there's some still questions well, I think over whoever it. gets the ruck, I mean the, the D's with Maxi Gorn now back in. I mean, rolled his ankle. He looks like he's been picked yep. anyway. But they're starting to be really quite aggressive at their stoppages now. Like early on the year, they did really well from their stoppages. They were actually winning, but they were more conservative because they weren't getting the hand the ball. But some of these flips and, and taps you saw last week, you know, so they're going to try and get it out of that contest area a little bit, which should, because 
um, Kangas are very good inside the contest. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see what Max does. So Proust and, and Dorr are going to have a But they, a they play job. Hobart so well yep. in North Melbourne. They proved it this year against the Adelaide Crows. So Jeez, you're doing about 110 knots. One, yeah, one, 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 one yeah, way, yeah, which one uh, you experienced yeah, we did, uh, last, yeah, last year, year yeah. didn't you? But that's the thing. At this ground, if you get it right at the stoppage... Yep. So that's why the challenge, why we talk about uh, both rucks. Because if you get it right there, you can score quickly yep. uh, and get some really good deep entries at this Hobart ground. And for a 17th place team, they score. They, they score. do. They yeah, continue they to do. score. Yep. Let's have a look at Collingwood and Adelaide now. Adelaide lose Brad Crouch and Lever still out. Uh, Inns comes uh, Beach and Hardigan. Oh, we've got the Magpies up there first. Sharon Berg, Phillips, Mason Cox and Joshy Dacos. Good luck to young Dacos uh, coming in if he gets his first game. Uh, is, yeah, he's named in the team. Fantastic. Well done. Okay. And, uh, okay, so there we see the Adelaide team now. Beach, Hardigan, Malera, Seedsman, ex-Collingwood boy, and Paholke. That's it. You got it. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Tell us about him. No, I won't do that to you. He's a 186 centimetre footballer. He's not a great athlete. Big-ish player. He's a footballer. Well, more so than an athlete. Oh, can, go, again. can go onto the ball. Oh, good work. Yeah. Now, speaking about going on the ball, <laughs> you convinced me. Thank you. <laughs> but speaking about going on the ball, we saw Adelaide, how they were so good in the middle of the ground. Yeah. And obviously, there's... Um, a barometer for Collingwood is there inside mids yep. as well. This would be a great contest through the middle of the ground. Well, Collingwood were plus 22 in the last quarter, mm. I think it was. Unbelievable. I mean, plus 20 in a game is extraordinary, but plus 22 in a quarter against the West Coast Eagles. And I know it's something... It's a that, monstering, isn't it? Oh, it's a monstering. And I know <laughs> Are we pumping up Collingwood or are we giving yeah. West Coast a yeah. well, yeah. both. Yeah. both. Yeah. A bit of both. But Collingwood were, were fantastic in the last quarter. Right. And Adelaide have worked really hard on their contested ball. So I think that's going to be where the game is, is Can going Adelaide bring the aggression two weeks in a row? Well, that's because the question. Because last week, yeah. they, yes, they were aggressive at the contest, but they were also aggressive away from it as well, yeah. like pushing and shoving, taking players off the line in their face of, uh, of Geelong. Yeah. Do they bring it again, or do they just well, go, well, we're playing Collingwood this week, and well, you know, I think we'll, we should get the job done? A lot done. depends on Levi Greenwood, because mm. we saw Sloan run around by himself, which surprised all of us. We saw Levi Greenwood... I think without Pendlebury, it's allowed Levi Greenwood to come into his natural role as a tagging player. We saw Greenwood go to Gaff and did a fantastic well, job. Talk, talk about that. So what is the balance? You're saying Greenwood can go in now, Pendlebury's not there? So Well, what? the only thing that... I mean, I saw Greenwood live beat Joel Selwood. And yeah. we all thought the next week... I think it was Carlton they played the next week. There was no tag on Murphy, no tag on Gibbs. The only thing against the tag is often you're taking a good midfielder out. Now, if you've got Trelaw, Adams and Pendlebury, you know, they're three pretty pretty good players. Pendlebury comes out, even though, like, Gaff was on a wing. But I'm saying this week with Sloan, Sloan's going to be in the contest around the ball. So it does allow you to push Greenwood in. Yep. The, the only reason I'm going to give when teams don't do it is potentially it does take one of your better on ballers out. You can always go from outside the square, mm. you know, off a wing, you know, yeah. and come in after a centre bounce. There's ways you can do it, but I think we're all surprised. I like Lee, Levi Green, Greenwood tagging. Yep. He came to came to Collingwood as a midfield tagger. Hard nose, run hard with. Nose, yeah. tough, and finds the ball as well. Mm. He can find the ball. He's not just a, a shut-down, no-onion player. He's actually... He can find the nurry and, and he, can, he can use it pretty he well. We're going to give you a, a little bell every time <laughs> you give a, a nickname yeah. for the ball. And will the he fruit, play on the fruit. He's just got yeah. the fruit. Will he play on Huey Greenwood? Well, great story, Hugh Greenwood. It's a really good story because he's a kid, and I believe because... 
Jason Taylor from Melbourne was huge on him. Melbourne were really keen to get him back. I believe he played for Tassie. Your, yeah, your Tassie mob. was a 15-year-old yep. and was one of their best players yeah. in the carnival. And I think all, a lot of clubs were all over him. Got a uh, scholarship to the Australian Institute of Sport, then picked up a uh, four-year scholarship to the University of New Mexico, where yep. he's a play, played as a point guard through those four years. Landed, they followed him, landed back at Perth Wildcats. As soon as he got back there, he thought, nah, I'm out. Yep. Adelaide grabbed him. Yeah. So it was a pretty hot contest. So he was a... It's hard to go from 16 to 18, but I think he was a projected top 10 draft pick. So he's a very, very good footballer. Great effort by uh, Adelaide. Good pick-up. You know, he's, a, he's a quality player. Well, and on the back of... We've got Alex Keith Alex is another Keith, yeah. Cat B yeah. player as well. That'll do us. Let's go to a break. Tigers next. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, banjo jingle, Lynchy. Oh, good tune. <laughs> good tune, Dern. Yeah, I reckon you did a bit of it in Tassie. You were oh, no oh, good. Oh, oh. <laughs> Jeez, it'll just come down once in a couple of weeks to get clipped. <laughs> I'm on your side, mate. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Sorry, me too, out. me too. It's yeah. all, yeah, yeah. A few, ba- a few banjos at that Cairns RSL where we were. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Gold Coast are taking on the mighty Tigers. Well, and unfortunately, uh, Jack Revolt copped a poke in the eye during the weekend. Presti obviously rested. We got arrested with knee and calf soreness. Yeah, and Short's the other one out. Uh, a couple of big ins mm. with Hooley in particular. Miles comes in and, and young Bolton back into the side as well. And for the Gold Coast, uh, Mackenzie Lonigan and Jack Bowes go out. And Joyce Stephen May after a one-week hamstring, which seems extraordinary. Mm. And Gary Ablett, uh, as they'd say, a home game, so he's back in. And they (laughs) the Mayo out of doesn't uh, have a pair of white shorts. The the Mayo out of the Gold Coast is he's uh, out next week already. (laughs) (laughs) That's their point in Perth. No, only joking. Great to see Gaz back. Only joking. Only serious. Well, the thing is that everyone's been saying he doesn't play away games. He's he's played MCG, couple Eddie had Spotless Stadium. China's pretty much the difference is the difference is literally yeah, but he's getting a just saying that in their, you know, closed rooms. You've just said it publicly, so no, well done. No, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wonder, wonder if he will go out. And we certainly don't hope he gets no, injured. Don't want that at all. Of course not. Yeah, but he had, he had to play in China because he had booked a family holiday. <laughs> oh, now, now we're getting rid- That came straight from ridiculous. him. <laughs> 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 hey, what about <laughs> the Tigers? They've got some real improvers, especially down back. Asprey's been fantastic. And uh, obviously uh, Grimes has been a very good player for a long time. But now we're realising just how good Grimes is. Yeah, I think, yeah, you had the good win last week, I think, going to the MCG, probably the, the conditions suit him. But what was it, 22 to 3 at one stage? They turned it around unbelievably. Mm. And I know there's a lot of talk about Dusty Martin and probably Cochin, but there are some really, I mean, any team that, that improves like they have, you know, it's also about their ball, where they're getting their ball as well, John. Oh, think. big time. When you, you have a look at... Uh the heat map in terms of the, the positioning and, and where they are getting their ball there increased. Look, Brandon Ellis is still getting a lot more defensive ball, but that's still defensive ball. But it's but better. It's better. It's not, it's not yeah. the handball around nah, the back blind, not knowing where... He's a much better player yeah, this year. Whether a teammate is going to be there or not. There's so a difference, Jono, between wrapping around the back and getting the easy handball and being on the half-forward flank, the ball pings down the other end and you sprint down to the opposite pocket to be the outlet That's right. That's, that's hard running. And that's fine. And you look at, you look at Cochin, well, he's... He's so much better this year in now 50-50 ball yep. in defence to, to attack. And, and I think the Tigers as a whole, with his delivery going inside forward 50, has really assisted them uh, with their ball movement, of course. And Dusty Martin, we all know how well he's played this year. But you look at that, 60% in 2016, yeah. only 
39% now when he goes up the mid, pushes back to help, and then it's all it's all attack. It's all forward of centre stuff that has, has allowed Dustin Martin to take his game to the level we're seeing today because it's just all top-level quality. And, look, and he won't go inside defensive 50. Ever. He's almost, it's almost like Marcel Marceau along the... Edge of the invisible screen. He well, does not win, I mean, they are then. winning the territory battle, which is huge. Yeah, well, they're playing, a different, spending, yeah. they're playing a different game. Yeah, and I think they're confident press. too, uh, Lynchy, because they know what... More confident in Grimes oh. and Ashbury, yeah. because they know Rance is going to win anyway. But the other two as well. So they can see it going in that area. We've got the outnumber. I'm darting off because I know we're going to, uh, as a side, win the ball and get in a strong position to receive the next one. Yep. With, with Jack Rewalt, there's been a lot of talk over the last all well, season, really, about how small their forward line. Jack Rewalt goes out of yeah. that. How small are they now? <laughs> yeah. hey, they've got um, big Tobias, uh, Nan Curvis will play centre forward and uh, probably be the only big one Which up there. Tobias. Big They'll Tobias. need to kick it along the ground, won't they? Well, I mean, they, it is gonna be they, they get an yeah. input pressure on, yeah. they generate repeat entries, re- repeat forward 50 stoppages, and they score. But they will be tested. And the, the, the bailout kick, I suppose, without having a big forward or multiple big forwards to take a big clunking contested grab is not really there, to be fair to um, Toby. In all seriousness, I think they would have had to discuss that. They're going to have to say, well, boys, if you're going forward, we cannot dump to the top of the square. I reckon you'll see a lot of forward 50 stoppages. So play wider? Wide, low kicks, and just get a stoppage. I think that'll be part of their game style this week. A little bit Port Adelaide-ish, play to the pocket. Yep. Yep. All righty. Let's have a look at Carlton take on Geelong. And for all my blue bagger mates, Marchie's back. So he certainly is, Yes, uh, Whitey's back as well, mate, for you. Graham's out, omitted, and, and McCready. And when you look at the Cats, well, they've made a number of changes. Mackie Thurlow, Cockatoo, straight back in. Parfit and Buzzer. Stanley, Motlop, Menzel, Blixarves with the injury, and Zach Guthrie. Uh, has been omitted, along with Reece Stanley omitted. So a couple rested and managed through through the Cats. So that's uh, a lot of changes for them. Mackie, I think, is really important for them. They want Thurlow to get up and running, of course, because he, he can hold up a, a defensive post. And then can Cockatoo and Parfit, yeah. are they the two players that can create the forward chaos that I think they're desperately looking for in terms of a, a small forward? I think for two young players, they're important ins, aren't they? Because mm. they, from a game-style point of view, we've, we've congratulated Richmond on the fact that they can tackle and chase inside 50. Um, teams that are able to do that, doggies last year, Sydney are good at it, generally get to the pointy end mm. of the season through necessity, because a lot of these guys have been injured, to be fair, to Geelong. They really haven't had the ground-level players down I'd play there. i Scott Selwood. I know we talk about Scott Selwood tagging all the time, yep. but I would release him to half-forward, potentially, and just play that role. He's got high endurance... He'll get to contest after contest for you inside that forward forward area of the ground. More so, I think, than Cockatoo and Parfit in terms of his, his running ability. So do you reckon I that would be his number one value, I think, outriding well, or I th- overriding the fact that he's a very good run-with tag player? Dev, I think he'll make it more difficult for the opposition to exit, yep. which then helps anyway because they can compress better. They can, they can get their defenders to come up higher rather than obviously sitting back and the ball just flowing out. Selwood's the one that I'd release from tagging completely and play him as a permanent forward to put pressure on in that area, and he's smart enough to hit the scoreboard for you. But we saw saw last week with, with Carlton, we know Gibbs, we, we did the game, Gibbs is involved in 30% of Carlton's yeah. scoring change. He's such an important player. Rockcliffe had the negating role, to Tommy's credit, went down for the shutdown role, Cut Gibbs out. He didn't have his first kick until the third quarter of the mm. game. I think he ended up with eight, eight touches. Yeah. Uh, Rockcliffe had ten. I just think it's still worthwhile when you've got a team that's still young and maturing and look a little bit tired, to be fair. I think you, you sit on their very best player and make sure he doesn't have a good 
I thought game. it was fantastic. You know, you got an older player in Rockcliffe, and there was all that talk of him last year. Oh, yeah. Dissatisfied on various levels and the like. His body's not right. You can see he's sore. He's playing hurt. But I reckon it's just fantastic yeah. that this young man has said, I'm sore. You know what? Let's not bash up the kids. Keep me playing. I can't play the way I normally do. Give me a job. All right. You tag Gibbs. Okay, I'll give it my best shot. I reckon, too, as a mm. captain last year, lost the captaincy. I think the way he's responded this year's awesome. been an absolute credit to him. And it'll be interesting to see. We've seen Brisbane, you know, um, drop a lot of young players. Yep. Carlton, probably not this week. I think McCready's out managed, so he's going to the movies. <laughs> White, who's <laughs> a more surf. senior player, Marchbank. But will we, see, you know, will we see the likes of Reese Palmer, uh, Christian Jacks, because they, they did start to look a little bit tired, the Blues, didn't yeah, they? So yeah, they did. And that's where I think when we do look at West Coast and Brisbane, Brisbane have taken that next step. And, I mean, players going out of the side for, for Brisbane, you look at Hipwood, yep. Zorko's out suspended, obviously, but Berry and McCluggage. So three um, first and second year players yep. that have been uh, performed very well last week. Um, uh, Eric Hipwood didn't have a lot of the nut, but he, he's had a long season. But I think it's good to actually balance it up. Give them a week off and get them back for the last month yeah. to really finish it off. And don't cook the kids. Yeah, I think they have to. And as I said, I, I like that. Hipwood, Berry, McCluggage, you mentioned. Zorko's out suspended. Hope Sammy Skinner gets a game then. Yeah. I really hope. He's a like, kid 12 months ago, the, was just about the debut. Yeah. 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 Yeah, training. Did his yeah, knee in training. Right. And yeah. just, uh, so uh, heartbreaking for him. So he's so made his nice way back. Work. And he's, a, he's a competitor, don't worry. He's a competitor. He's a yeah, big he's kid. Big he looked really <laughs> yeah. good at training, so he's very handy. You made a great point, and that is, you know, That's I hope rare. you don't cook. <laughs> <laughs> was it? Actually, I'm waiting for the clip, actually. <laughs> no, go. Well, I was complimenting. Yeah. Some teams say you win, you know, you're not going to make the finals, but if you win three out of your four last games, what does it mean? means nothing. When you are a young list like a Carlton or a Brisbane, winning three out of four at the end of the year means everything yeah. to the way you go into pre-season for oh, next yeah. year as you grow. Yep. So resting a few of these kids, Barry and... and McCluggage uh, and, and Hipwood. Eric, yeah. It means they get to load up for the last four games and win a few and come out and train pre-season yeah, over Christmas mm. and go, you know what, we know how to win, mm. we're a year older, yep. and they move into the year. So I reckon it is a great thing to actually rest some of these kids probably, right now. Probably means they're a little bit less likely to win this weekend, but they're more likely to win over the last five weeks. Mm. In, yeah, well, speaking of on their opposition, West Coast, I mean, they're at the other end, aren't they? They're, they're fighting to get a top eight team. They've Mitchell out. It's interesting. Sorry, Mitchell in, Prittis out with a quad. So we haven't seen those two play in the last three weeks, weeks together. Yeah, so that's, well, that's they haven't strung two wins together over the last yep. six weeks. So they've got Jeddah out with a calf. Just when he looked like he was starting to go. Mackenzie, there's, there's an extended bench. Um, but the last quarter we touched on it last week. Minus 22. Um, contested possession. Minus yeah. 22 contested possession. Really what's keeping them in the game. But the week before against Freo was the same. It, it's intercept marks. Yeah. I think they had 20-something intercept marks against Fremantle. In the first quarter against Collingwood, they took seven and then eight for the next three quarters. So really, if you can isolate their defence and pull apart their defence, Collingwood did it really, really well. Collingwood, a, a lot of times, the goey went forward. They lost Darcy Moore, so they went really small in the forward line and they were just kicking along the ground. They were kicking it out to the boundary line. They were getting them up, getting them over the top. 
So it, it looks like with West Coast at the moment, clearly they know they have to address the contested possession. Mm. But the, their massive strength is their intercept marks. If you can take that away, you're a genuine chance to beat them. I think we've heard from their coaching staff in the past, you don't want to be doing that every week, though. Relying on no, trying no. to defend yeah. from your back half. Yeah. That's a tough gig. Yep. And you're going to get scored against. You don't want to be doing that. We do want to be doing this. Brownie, you're in. Okay, here he is, Nathan. Hey, while you're on the way... Yes, Tim. One of my son's mates, seven... No, he's 18. Just turned 18. Oh, 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 he won 1,500 bucks with your mob last weekend. He did, what was he on? He did a did I give it to him? quad or something. Yeah, yeah I'll yeah, give yeah. it to him. Yeah, I think you did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well done. That's Good how stuff. We, we like the winners. Your tips like have been in, good here. Like in 24 up. Now, now, West Coast are the team for 24 up. Last week, they no, 24 up against Collingwood. Collingwood come back and win. $1.5 million turnaround for us, I which was pretty thought, disappointing. I would have thought West Coast would be the ones you'd take off the table for 24 up. Well, you can always be guaranteed they're going to get to a lead and then almost... What were the odds when up? they got up? Uh, I don't know, no. Because Collingwood were two down. Yes. And the other team were 24 It would have been up. right your own ticket yeah, at that point. Been, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, had, we've had punters do <laughs> Why that. Why did you ring me then? Oh, I should have rang. I don't have your phone number. I'll get that from you later. Because you're on air. But uh, <laughs> they've done it against Port. They've done it against Collingwood. And three weeks ago, four weeks ago against the Dogs, they were 30 up and nearly lost it when Jackie Stringer yeah, nearly put yeah. them up as well. So, But Friday night footy is a huge one. Sydney Hawthorne, four of the last five games, uh, the odds will be on the screen now, have been... Uh, by less than 15 and a half points. So it is a low scoring game. So either side in a low scoring one. So for a little bit more value, the same game multi. Mitchell to have 40 plus. That's Tom Mitchell. He's had 35 or more the last six games. Franklin to kick four. And the total to be under 164. It's paying 18 bucks 25. Do you think those three things can happen to him? 82 wow. apiece. They're a shot. Yeah. Yeah. The last three times they've played, it's been well under 160. The line at the moment for the total points is 164. And the Brownlow Medal Market, the bets are starting to come in. Dangerfield's two bucks. You got Dustin Martin at two dollars ten. So very close. Dangerfield was a dollar fifteen, I think, about the last time when went the Brownlow night last time. And Tom Mitchell's been the big mover. He's nine dollars now. He would have got votes in just about every one of Hawthorne's wins, I would have thought. And before you come back next week, what are the yep. odds on Robbo saying good day to us next time he walks past? Um, About 100 to 1? Yeah, he's got probably 200. <laughs> he's shut 200. down. Uh, he's shut down. He's shut down. Gamble responsibly. Just got to go get an Uber and head home. All, All right, Brandon, right, you're a star. Thanks, Thank mate. Let's go to a break. Back with more on the other side. And we continue our good fortune by welcoming another coach, John Longmire. Thank you, Horse. Thank Thanks God. for coming in. I reckon somewhere out there in Brighton, Alistair Lynch just sat up and went, Ooh. oh, sorry, uh, <laughs> Alistair Clarkson just sat up and went, I might have a listen in here and see what happens I here. I thought he might have been in. I've got the small chair. So. <laughs> 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 oh, yes. Did you put that up on the wall? That'll be up on the chalkboard. <laughs> <laughs> These are quick. No, you're taking the wrong way. Yeah. Now, horse, your coaching mentors, you obviously had a Dennis, who was pretty fiery and fairly straight, and you weren't allowed to go down Media Street and all that sort of <laughs> stuff. No sunglasses. <laughs> What have you taken from Pago and what about your old mentor here? Yeah, well... Taken much out of each? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Rizzi's had the biggest influence on me as a, as a coach. I mean, obviously, as a player, you, you, um, you are influenced a little bit, but you can't get more influence than working with someone. 
Um, but there's no doubt that Dennis still has a big influence. I mean, I still bring up some paganisms now and then. <laughs> yeah. Catch myself and watch Johnny Blakey having a chuckle. Yeah, the confidence shop. shop yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that comes out a bit. And uh, you know, a few of those things. I still set three alarm clocks. And, uh, but um, there's no doubt um, that you know, Ruzi had a big influence because of... You know, obviously working with him on a day-to-day -day basis. This is not what we want to hear. No, we want well, to hear the handover was no good. There <laughs> <laughs> was all these rumblings <laughs> in the background. Up. We want to go to the form ladder, Horse, because we probably want to take you back a bit. It's a good opportunity to have a senior coach, the problems. But obviously the form ladder has been fantastic the last, you know, around 6 to 12, you won 10 and, and lost one, but the percentage. So it's been a, a really, really important and good patch for you. Mm. But taking take us back, we thought it was a great opportunity to have you in and talk about the dynamics of, of picking a team when you've probably got, what have we got here, four players under 50 games and nine players under 20 games. Picked your round three team because that yeah. was probably the youngest team. What were the real challenges looking back on those sort of six weeks? Well, we knew going into the season that um, you always obviously get to a grand final and your pre-season's fairly delayed. We had a number of operations over that pre-season, both uh, resulting from the end of the season and also a couple during the pre-season. So we needed every training session to go right. I think we trained together as a team once or twice as a full team over that whole pre-season. Um, so we knew that going into that season, the first month or so was going to be a real challenge for us. Um, we didn't expect it to be that yeah. much of a challenge, there's no doubt about that. And, and anyway, we made decisions obviously to blood some young players. We played six new players in that first uh, six weeks of the season on top of the seven that we blooded last year. So um, there were some benefits to come out of that um, and it put a lot of responsibility and a lot of emphasis on our performance of our senior players because you know we did have a young team going in. On that, I, I think Karen Jack, you're on record saying he was pretty wounded during that period. I mean, it's, it's a hard thing when you're picking your team. You've got a player that you know is a good player, know you're wounded, but you've also got a young team. Yeah. So you, did you probably play him when you shouldn't have pr yeah, played him? Yeah, yeah, in hindsight. I mean, we, you, you make the decisions at, the, at that point in time, all the facts in front of you, and you, only, you don't have the benefit of hindsight at that particular point when you're making those calls. And you know, at that time, we did have a really young team in. Uh, we knew going into the season we had a, a young group going in. We, we knew that Kieran didn't play any minutes in the pre-season. He was injured in the pre-season. Um, his hip was still sore. He wasn't able to train, but we wanted him to play uh, just because we had a lot of our senior players out. And he was playing, but uh, wasn't getting the return, wasn't getting the confidence, and was clearly affected. And it took us a month before we made that call and got him, got him some rest, and he's back playing really yeah, good. He's playing good footy. Before and I let you loose on the boys, a funny story you told on the radio last week. So, just take us through when Ramps you... broke his uh, oh, <laughs> broke his arm. Yeah, well, I mean, it was round one. I, I was sitting in the office with with Dame going through a couple of clips and. And we got beaten by Port Adelaide and then he left the office and then about an hour and a half later I'm sitting there with the doctor saying that he's, he's got a broken arm and um, to be fair to say I nearly fell over. <laughs> I mean, to, you know, to, to say you can have your broken arm going for a run, I, I actually took me a while to digest it. But um, look, we, we really missed him. Yeah. Um, he's a very good player. Then Isaac Keeney got glandular fever, those type of things. But um, yeah, the, 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 the controllables, we didn't handle that well either and we weren't playing a very good game style at that point in time as well and we weren't putting enough pressure on the opposition. So those areas of the game, we weren't playing well enough. Have you had to evolve your game style? Or we, we see your, your very best now. It looks like from the outside it's the traditional Sydney contested, um, defensive sit on their back shoulder. Was it different early days when you had those young players in place? Uh, well, obviously it, it takes a bit of... Uh, 
picking up, and any team is the same. When you've yep. got a, you know a, a weight of numbers becomes such so many young players that um, you don't get those little things right all the time. But uh, the responsibility was on the senior players to get that right, and it was probably just a, a mass of numbers that they yep. found it pretty hard to get right every week. But um, you know, once we've been able to get back in and get some of those senior players back, you can still play the Lewis Melikins and Nick Newman, those guys and they've been able to pick up the slack pretty well. Did yeah. they take it upon themselves, John, the senior players, after Mills was um, physically, I suppose, attacked in some way from Carlton? And then from that point on, it just seems like the senior players have said, like, enough's enough with uh, what's going on here. And led by Josh Kennedy playing his 200th, how have you seen him as captain one through that part of your season to, to now? Yeah, look, he's been fantastic all the way through. I mean, um, we didn't have Kieran... Kieran Jack playing um, in a fit state and we didn't have Jeremy McVeigh playing um, at the start of the year but Josh has been fantastic all the way through I mean when it was tough it was a you know, it was a pretty tough start for him but uh, we knew he'd be fine through that and he's come through the other end of it really well our leaders are the ones that, that get you back in form and, and they're the ones that have been consistent at it and playing really high standards since then so whether it's Josh or the leadership group in in total, they've been they've been really good so far, which has been good. I want to ask you about one of the players I admire him amazingly, Luke Parker. He does what you want of him, and then it seems to me, like in Swanee's close games, he might be playing fantastically well for the game, but in the last 7, 10, 12 minutes, he goes to another level. And it seems mm. to me, and, and fantastic if he's willing to cop, it seems to me that you ask a lot of him as a coaching staff to say, be on the ball... But just run the length of the ground and mark it 25 out in front of goals heroically and kick a goal as well. Now, he was incapable of that type of play for those first six weeks and maybe even a little bit longer than that. He's getting back to that game. And, and do you ask a fair bit of him? Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, yeah. As all our senior players, um, but particularly the good ones, you, do, you, you can't help but rely upon him. I mean, he's a good player. He, he hurt his posterior in that uh, prelim final and, and got back and played and didn't have a, didn't have a great pre-season, had an operation in the off-season and um, and got back in play but he's he's such a he's so hard and it's so a beast, isn't he? yeah he is and, and, he, and he normally trains every session and when he was able to get that going again his form returned and we do ask a lot of him he's good at the contested ball but he's a really good contested mark in our forward line as mm. well so those attributes really add up to a pretty versatile but also when he's actually on the ball he'll run with oh, yeah. the mm. ball and with the flight of the ball and do something that you just go it blows your hair back yeah it doesn't blow mine. <laughs> well, it looks like it might have at some stage. <laughs> so before we get on to the Hawks, Swanee's game, mate, what have you been made of the season as a whole? Has there been, been something that's stuck out for you? If you take your, your, your Swans cap off and put your neutral cap on, what have you made of the, the season as a whole? It's probably pretty hard for a coach to take the, yeah. their club cap off during the season. It's, um, it is difficult. I think we've got a pretty good ability, when I say we, the coaches, in the end of the season to be able to take a deep breath and, and have a look. Um, it's, there's no doubt the thing that we see, which is the same as everyone else, is just how even the competition yep. is. It's just incredibly even. I'm not talking about from game to game. It's just from quarter to quarter. Um, it's incredible how tough it is. And, and that's the thing that, for me, at the moment stands out. I mean, certainly at the end of the year, you'll sort of take a deep breath and have a look in a bit more detail. But just the evenness of it now is incredible. John, Roos is on record 
saying that he changed Fremantle's fortunes, talking to Rossi throughout the, the early parts <laughs> of the year. And, and, Did he speak to you in that period? And as zero, we've been sitting here, Jono's got free text messages from Bulldogs people as well. <laughs> so so we around. generally have to extend the segment just to get an update on <laughs> Actually, him. He might have had a chat to Rossi, but he gave me—he just burnt me during Did that period. Zero six. six you're on your own. Yeah, you're on your own. There you go, son. Get back to form, and then I'll talk to you. Well, soon though, you're back in form now, and obviously playing Hawthorne on the weekend. And they're back in some touch. We've seen probably a different style. So about four weeks ago, they pulled Adelaide apart with the uncontested mark slow ball movement. Yeah. But then uh, I saw them against GWS in Launceston. They were much quicker, quicker. running the ball, using hand. And it seemed like a much a rushed game plan, but it, it worked. Yeah. Has, has there been a distinct change in the last few weeks? Look, we, we, they play a couple of styles according to what the opposition serve up and what yep. they're doing at any particular point in time. The best teams are able to do that and adjust to how the opposition's setting up, whether it's a slow or fast play. And there's none better at it than over the years in Hawthorne. Yep. I mean, they were able to do it. They did it to us uh, a few weeks ago and did it really well. So, um, And they've made some significant positional changes, players. What do you make of that? Because he's really... Thrown it it's around. almost like he's thrown darts at the board and said, you can play down there now. Well, it's working. I mean, if you look at their, their game against Geelong just, just by a kick, really, I mm. mean, you look at what they did with Adelaide and uh, GWS a draw, I mean, they were, it's working. So... It's not surprising that they've, Alistair in particular has been able to reinvigorate the team because they're playing really well. Can I ask you, you, you go back, that was your last loss. And I know, geez, we get off air and I know I look back at out on air and I go, geez, what an ingrate shape tonight. Do you as a coach's unit, when you lose a game, do you go back and look at the video and see what happened and say to yourself, he didn't do this, he didn't do that <laughs> out in the ground. But you know what? We probably didn't have our best night in the coaches' box. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you go through it with a fine-tooth comb these yeah. days. I mean, there's you know, four different angles, and so you, you go all over it. Um, there's no doubt whether you're captain of the footy club or coach or coaches, you look at yourself very critically, and Josh, was, uh, Josh Kennedy stated that during the week, that he's always questioning himself, and we do as coaches, whether you're going poorly or, or really well, you're always challenging yourself. And um, there's no doubt that you spend a lot of time over the weekend going through that. But then you need to get going pretty quickly mm. and you need to move on pretty quickly. You need to have the review, what it was, what you did well and what you didn't do well, and then get onto the opposition pretty quick because you can't let it linger. Because I can remember there was one time in 14 years of being at, at, at Hawthorne, Alan Jean said to me, I made an I heard when I didn't play somebody here and there. And you know what? It was so refreshing to me mm. to hear a coach admit some vulnerability. Yeah, I know. I've played plenty of blues, and I've still got plenty in me, I think. Plenty of them. Are you surprised? In, um, we all come from different backgrounds. Are you surprised at the support you get from one of your assistant coaches, John Blakey? I mean, he started as a, a, a man that put handles on buckets. Yeah. But he's evolved and looks like a great lieutenant. He has, a, particularly when those when that sort of early days meant that he had really bad blisters with handles on buckets. And... Um, uh, now he gives me great advice in the coach's box. And, uh, I think with his that goal was to become the foreman. <laughs> he was. Yeah, he wanted to get away from putting the handles on the bucket. He got, yeah. got to lead in the Did hand. Did he ever get the foreman? <laughs> no, no, no. He's foreman now. He's looking after yeah. us now. Yeah. No, he's a great man. Yeah, he is. I mean, he's, he's our um, he's head of development. Uh, really important yeah, head of development. He's coaching director as well, so he's really in charge of a couple of key areas. Three, two, one, we're off. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> 360 up next. <laughs>